0: Hi, this is Levi. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to take a quick minute to introduce a few of the other podcasts in the WCF podcast network. Tom and Naomi are exploring how we interact in our ecclesial relationships in From the Platform. It's a very in-depth series that is incredibly helpful for understanding and developing compassion and better listening practices. That's From the Platform. Sam Taylor from Cleveland, Ohio, produces weekly devotionals in Pause to Consider. Think uh, Mr. Rogers meets uh, Fireside Chat. I love Sam's humble style and think every episode is fantastic. You can find both of those wherever you get your podcasts or on our website at wcfoundation.org. Now, here's the show.
1: Welcome back to Full Tonight, I'm here with Mark Jabinstott who is the chairman of WCF. Hi, Mark, how are you doing?
2: Good evening, Helen, and Happy New Year to you.
1: Thank you, Happy New Year to you as well. We're anticipating a more positive year this year, god after a very challenging year last year. Tell us a bit about yourself, where you're based, and a little bit about your life.
2: Well, I live in the heart of America. I live in Kansas City. I've lived here for more than 40 years now, so it feels like home. I grew up in Indiana, on a farm. Uh, I'm a farm boy at heart. I, to this day, still love landscaping and gardening and working outside in the soil. I spent my career as an economist, and that's in fact what brought me to Kansas City. I spent much of my career working for the Federal Reserve, which has one of its 12 reserve banks here in Kansas City. And in hindsight, it truly was the Lord's hand, because not only have I had a wonderful career, a great set of experiences, but uh, I met Peggy, at the Federal Reserve. She also worked there. So we are a fed family, as they say. <laughs> um, uh, the good Lord has given me a lot of really rich experiences in my life for which I'm very, very thankful. Among them has been the, the real honor of traveling the globe while I get paid to do so with my profession. And among the places that I've been is Kuala Lumpur. I spent about a year in Kuala Lumpur, which I know is part of, uh, of your heritage And I've had the great blessing of seeing uh, many parts of the world and and even more meeting people from many different walks of life and different nations and dialects. And I feel very, very blessed.
1: And for anyone who hasn't traveled to your part of the world, what's life like living in the Midwest?
2: I think living in the Midwest is grand. Uh, The people (laughs) are friendly. They work hard. They're nice. The Midwest has a lot of open space, so we get to enjoy more elbow room than those of you in New Jersey are accustomed to, perhaps. We have a lot of uh, great trees in this part of the country, nice rivers and lakes. So we find life in the heart of America to be uh, rich and fun.
1: Tell us a little bit more about your faith journey. How long have you been baptized?
2: I was baptized in 1970. So it's been a half century for me now. Wow. The uh, brother who baptized me was uh, a very dear brother to my family. He had a very genuine, gentle spirit of Christ in him. His name was Brother Vaughn Long. And uh, I remember the day I was baptized. It was in a pond that was owned by one of our ecclesial members, The only problem was that the pond had a very muddy bottom, so to make sure that we didn't sink in too far, they scattered some gravel, and there I was baptized. I was blessed to have grandparents, parents who revered God's Word, honored God's Word, so I learned much from both of those generations. And I would say that my my faith journey has definitely been shaped by some really wonderful mentors and guides that I've had along the way, and a lot of faith building experiences across uh, the course of my life. But one of the things that I, I feel especially blessed and honored to be part of is is WCF because in many ways this is this is an opportunity for me to take all that I've learned along the way and find a way to help others grow their faith.
1: Yeah. WCF is all about building faith and growing faith. How long has WCF been going for and how did you get involved?
2: WCF uh, was founded in 1976. There were five founders at the time. There were two more that joined very soon thereafter. So there really was a core group of seven that formed WCF because they saw a need in the community to focus on the faith journey that we now talk a lot about in WCF. I had the great privilege of knowing six of those seven and several of them were real faith mentors for me. So when I think about all the work we do at WCF, I really do feel like we stand on the shoulders of giants. And I I often think back on the role that they had in shaping my faith. And I think, uh, I I would hope that as they see what we're doing now in WCF, they would be pleased that the legacy continues.
1: Mm. How did you become involved?
2: Well, I had actually been involved in several WCF events over the years. There was a time when WCF had a seminar series where ecclesias could have WCF-sponsored speakers come in and give seminars. So uh, that was one of my early involvements. I I had a seminar called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Believers. And Then we also hosted one of WCF's annual meetings here in Kansas City at their request. And among the things we talked about at that meeting were how WCF might help smaller ecclesias, of which Kansas City is one, grow both individually and collectively. And then Uh, About three or four years ago, the directors at WCF wanted to expand the board and they graciously uh, extended me an invitation to become one of the board members.
1: Wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I've only been in the States about what will be four years this summer, coming summer. So yeah, about similar time to where WCF had started to change and grow. Tell us a little bit more about before the pandemic started what was the vision for
2: WCF? WCF found itself in a bit of a crossroads a few years ago when there were some concerns about its financial footing and WCF had also uh, been an organization that was essentially a passive fund receiver and a passive fund giver and All of that kind of came together in a crossroads conversation about where can we really make the biggest difference in the community's faith landscape? And out of that conversation, we we had a number of, of really deep discussions about what WCF could do, what it does best, where it can make the biggest difference, And the word that kept coming up over and over and over again was faith. Mm -hmm. And I think there was a collective amen when we sort of realized that faith is really the most important thing we do in this life. God is going to save us by his grace, but it's our faith that in his eyes counts us righteous and pleases God. So, Faith really became the centerpiece of our discussion, and then we started talking about how can WCF, through the grace of God, help faith to grow? What are the things that we might do that can really help individuals, ecclesias, and our broader community really find the right soil and the right conditions in which faith can grow? So cultivating faith together became our mission. And I think that was sort of a turning point for WCF because it really clarified and crystallized our sense of where we are going. Out of that really came two initial strategic thrusts. One was to continue our work abroad through Whitefields. WCF has been sort of in the vanguard of supporting an approach to sharing God's love and God's gospel that we now affectionately call Touch to Teach. And WCF was one of, the, uh, one of the early leaders in the Whitefields program in funding committed people to go abroad and spend three, six, nine, 12 months showing their love of, of Christ to others in a variety of ways. The second thrust that really emerged was our sense when we had this Crossroads conversation We talked to a lot of people in our community all across North America, and one of the things we kept hearing was, we're really concerned about the faith future of individuals and ecclesias in North America. What can be done? That was really the, the genesis of our Build Up program, which has developed over the last few years to a whole host of initiatives, including these podcasts, but many, many others, all aimed at providing better tools to help people grow their faith here in North America.
1: Mm. Yeah, and of course, the focus for build-up was just North America at the beginning of last year, but then the pandemic came along and we suddenly were in a position to to grow and to produce more content. Uh, we realized that there were so many people, christadelphians all over the world, who were looking for more resources to help grow their faith and build their faith especially during the pandemic and through those resources and lots of different things that happened last year our faith community became connected on a wider scale at such an unprecedented period of isolation so tell us a bit more about the surprise of last year because I think it had it did surprise everyone of course the pandemic it wasn't foreseen but I think there's been more surprises from what happened with WCF
2: well, clearly the pandemic was a huge surprise. In my, in my economics life, they call these kinds of events black swan events. A black swan is not very common. And it was truly a black swan event, the pandemic. It affected our lives in ways that no one would have anticipated when we looked into 2020 a year ago. But, you know, I, I think there are a couple of things that really stand out in my mind as we look back on the year just finished. Many people are looking back at 2020 and sort of saying, good riddance, glad it's gone. But I think one thing we should not forget is that over and over again in Scripture, God shows us, He tells us, and in the lives of so many faithful people, it's revealed that faith always grows fastest and strongest in the soil of trial and uncertainty. And the pandemic brought all kinds of trials to us, financial trials, emotional trials, physical trials, isolation, all of those represented the kind of difficulties that none of us were expecting. And it's those unexpected struggles that are often the hardest to shoulder But in ways that that I think really reveal to us much about our soul, uh, faith really grew during this time. It was also the case that normal got suspended. So there was all this uncertainty. When are we going to get back to normal? When is the lockdown going to end? When are we going to be able to hold our, our meeting face to face again? Are we going to have Bible school? Are we not going to have Bible school? All of that uncertainty, I think, also reminded us that that's really where faith grows. It's in the uncertain where we put our real trust in the Almighty instead of ourselves. So I think it's useful to look back, especially for an organization that's so focused on faith. It's useful to look back and say, you know, it was a difficult time, but it was also the soil in which faith really grows. Mm. The other thing I would say is that I, I really am impressed at how nimble our whole team was in shifting our priorities and our programs to respond to the needs of the community. And you were you were on the front lines of many of these things, Helen, so you, you know these stories well. But just to give one quick story, one of the things that Ecclesias quickly understood was Singing hymns on Zoom together is not easy. And there were a lot of people who were wondering what's going to happen to our musical worship? And is that going to just be another hole in our faith fabric? And we had people come to us and said, What if WCF provided recorded hymns for Sunday services? That suggestion I think came in from one of our donors on a Sunday evening. And by that Friday, we had already put together a team, including our dear sister Alethea down under in Australia. And in five short days, we pulled together the first Hymns for Sunday. And now that WCF product Uh, is being used by hundreds of meetings around the world every Sunday. It's in two languages. And I think it's just been an amazing uh, sign of the kind of effort and energy that, that the WCF team brings to this, the passion they bring to this. And it also shows that in these kinds of extraordinary times, we need new kinds of things to connect us and to inspire us and to me, as I look back at, at 2020 and I think about that and many others, it kind of warms my heart because I think we can make a difference in people's faith if we understand their needs and we respond and we do so uh, with the full grace of God.
1: Yeah, I mean, now we have over 160 hymns in our directory for Hymns to Sunday, and it keeps on growing Um, And this new year, we're going to do monthly requests. So if people have requests for hymns that aren't on the directory each month, they can email us or post on social media and we'll try and record them and then release at the end of each month. So our directory is going to grow even more and the Hymns for Sunday can be used whenever and wherever, in fact, in the comfort of your own home or even used in public services when people can meet in person again.
2: I think the pandemic taught us something about connections. And I think without the pandemic even ever happening, I believe there was a growing hunger in our community for deeper faith connections that transcended the usual connections our community had offered. When the pandemic struck, And one by one, we watched Bible schools announcing that they were going to cancel their school for the summer. We realized that there were many, many people who view the Bible school as sort of their their faith compass. It's where they go to reset their faith. It's where they go to create the network of brothers and sisters and activities that give them a sense of purpose and belonging beyond that one week of the year. So as we watched the Bible school calendar start to dramatically change, we said, what if we reached out to those schools that were already canceling and others that were about to cancel? What if we reach out to that community and said, would you be willing to consider an online Bible school in which we all partner together And perhaps we give people a longer experience, even though virtual, a longer experience than they're accustomed to. And it was out of those conversations and out of that strong partnership with four schools that Online Christadelphian Bible School was born. And sort of in the same spirit of Hymns for Sunday, while it took more than five days It didn't take much more than five weeks, and there was an enormous amount of work that had to be done to pull all of this together from a technical point of view, from uh, arranging all of the events, bringing all of the people who were going to be involved. That was a a fairly significant lift. When we started on online Bible school, you know, we said amongst ourselves, you know, if we're able to get 250, maybe 300 people to, to sign up for this Bible school. that would be great. Well, we, we ended up with nearly 2,000. And it went so far beyond uh, anything that we had anticipated as is, is I look back on 2020, that's a real a real sense of gratefulness on our part that God really blessed us with a terrific opportunity to bring people together. And I sensed that there were a lot of people who made connections there they never expected to make, Mm -hmm. but they were so happy to discover. I'll share one example. There was a, a sister from Melbourne who would join our Saturday evening weekly event, after which we would have Mountaintop Cafe. She so enjoyed Mountaintop Cafe that in her time zone, that was actually her Sunday school, so she told us, I'm skipping Sunday school because I really want to be part of Mountaintop Cafe. So to me, it was was an example of the joy and the richness that can occur when we connect people of faith around a narrative of saying, we all want to grow our faith together by God's grace. And I think that outpouring of participation in the school really says a lot about how important connection is, not only in the pandemic, perhaps especially in the pandemic, but it goes beyond that. And I think one of the things we may well discover as 2021 unfolds is that some of these connections we've made during the pandemic, we may well wanna continue them even after the regular order of service resumes. I suspect for many people that will be the
1: case. Mm. There's been some sisters events where I've zoomed in back to the UK, because I I think, especially last year, I did feel homesick for like friends Mm -hmm. and loved ones back in the UK. And it was lovely to reconnect with people in that way. And I think you emphasize the point that we are all so spread out geographically all over the world, let, let alone North America. And there's incredible sense of isolation anyway, Geographically, even without the restrictions of coronavirus. And we were able to transcend that geography to be able to connect with one another.
2: And God be praised, the technology has allowed us to do that. We should not lose sight of that. I think people have really come to appreciate this connection, virtual connections, but they also realize that there's a faith of the heart and a soul on the other end of this that they can, in fact, sort of touch. Mm. And while we all look forward to hugging again, there has been a connection we've discovered that I think in hindsight, we will look back at that and say, maybe that was God's hand. Maybe we've discovered something about how we connect, why we connect, when we connect that has enduring value that we now prize more fully than we
1: did before. Yeah, definitely. And looking Mm -hmm. back at Bible school, I think it was amazing how many children participated from all over the world, and how they met each other, and how I hope one day they they will meet each other face to face. That
2: would be great. Going back
1: to um, the roots of the build up program and our hopes for growing faith in North America was a lot of people's concern for their children, their young people, their families, Mm -hmm. the future of our faith community. So, our young people and our children are incredibly important.
2: Absolutely. I think the pandemic became sort of the single dark cloud we thought about in 2020. But our youth are buffeted by such an array of cultural influences in the educational system, in the workplace, on social media. That remains, I think, a very important focal point of WCF discussion and action because we really do believe we should do everything we can to equip our young adults for a faith journey that lasts a lifetime and for the tools, the faith tools that can equip them to deal with everything that comes along the way. And that was another WCF highlight, I think, for for 2020 was that in the midst of all the uncertainty and the difficulty, we launched a program called Faith Launch. It launched in October. We've assembled a fantastic team that has really thrown their hearts and souls into this program. And this initiative is really the first of its kind to focus on four different aspects of faith life living faith day by day, using faith to make major life decisions, managing relationships in a faithful way, and managing crisis with faith. This initiative has attracted more than 100 young adults from all over the world. Because of the pandemic, we had to do it virtually, and that actually opened the door to more participants. And we also have 50 Faith mentors. These are essentially baptized believers from 30 to 85 who are interested in sharing their faith journey and being a faith guide to these young adults as they launch into their faith journey. I think this has really been an outstanding effort by many, many hands and hearts. Uh, I'm extremely grateful, just like online Bible school. Uh, When we started Faith Launch nearly two years ago, we thought, well, maybe if we get 25 or 30 to, to be part of this, that would be great. Well, we're well over 100 now. So in so many ways, the things that we've seen in 2020 really do show our God to be one of abundance. And that's something we talk about often in WCF. And it's a great reason at the end of this year and at the start of a new year uh, it's a great reason for all of us to bow our heads in humble thanks because uh, all of these outcomes are are the result of His grace. We just happen to be present to witness it.
1: Yeah, I've spoken to many people participating in Faith Launch, and I think they've just been overwhelmed and touched by the strength of people's appetite and desire to connect with each other, to learn more, to grow their faith, um, to develop new friendships and relationships.
2: One of the innovations of of Faith Launch is that we have asked the mentors to share their life faith line with the participants. And what that means is to essentially bare your soul a bit and say, here's my life journey. Here are the events where my faith was strong. Here are the events that hit me so unexpectedly that my faith sank. And here's what I did to get through all these things. That has just been a a great means of connecting young and old, I find. Mm -hmm. And I think also it's one of the themes of WCF in the sense that we're trying to help create a space where people can share their faith journey stories. That happens in the podcasts. It happens in the faith talks. It happens in the mentors in in Faith Launch. And I think that's an element of our faith where we really need to be sharing more and more of that, especially when times are dark, whether for all of us at once in the pandemic or dark just for you because of what's been happening in your life. I think it's a great service that we can provide to create a space in which people feel welcome and open to share their faith journey. And I think that is part of what's sort of this new connecting glue, as it were, that's helping to draw people together and also deepen the relationship as time goes by.
1: Yeah, and it gives people permission to try and do the same. So it does require vulnerability to open up. That's
2: exactly exactly the word And, and we hear that word a lot uh, among the participants of Faith Launch, as they are listening to people make themselves vulnerable and say, you know, my life wasn't perfect, I'm not perfect, but by God's grace, my faith has grown.
1: And the more we are vulnerable to each other, the, the closer we can grow in our relationships with each other, when we can show the love of Christ to each other and to other people in our lives. Let's talk a little bit more about some of the other initiatives that started last year. One of the most exciting initiatives also has been the GARDEN project.
2: GARDEN is a great example of something we talk about in WCF, that we want to be a faith innovation laboratory. And we want to support people who have great faith ideas. And the GARDEN project was an initiative of Sister Sarah Joyner. She brought the seed of this idea from her own experience in the UK. And she said, what if? What if we took that idea across North America and found ways to help ecclesias do more for the community in which they live? It's really an extension of something we talk a lot about at, at WCF, and that's touch to teach. Uh, the Garden Project is a fabulous example of the touch part of touch to teach. We talk about touch to teach because it's what Jesus did. He touched, he healed. He healed the blind. He healed the lame. And in the process, he showed them the love of God. And he also beckoned them to hear more of the good news. And the Garden Project is just a great example of a new initiative, all designed to help us touch and reach those that surround us in our community. And it also provides a nice sort of common rail for all of the Ecclesias in North America to know we're doing the same thing that others are doing. And there's a collective sense of strength and purpose that comes from that, that I think can only spur on more growth and faith in our Ecclesias across North America.
1: Yeah, schoolies Mountain, all the outreach initiatives we participated in the last couple of years, I think has really brought us together. Like whether we met up on a Saturday morning to go and volunteer at a food pantry, or plant seeds in a field um, to grow produce, which would then feed the homeless. Volunteering at a women's home, like there's many things that we've done together. And it's nice just to kind of roll up your sleeves. I mean, you're an agricultural man yourself. <laughs> and just to work <laughs> together and get back to the basics. I, I, I loved, we planted squash, I, I believe. And My children were planting seeds. My husband, you know, was. Putting, making holes for the seeds and there was about 25 of us that spent a Saturday morning going up and down the rows planting.
2: My grandfather and my father would be proud of you.
1: <laughs> so we've talked about um, the garden initiative, which is growing in North America. Many creatures have been um, giving out sleeping bags to those in need, especially the homeless or being given out care packs. For the homeless as well and there's a lot more initiatives coming through the garden so please stay alert and watch that space we'll be sharing more, more information about the garden in the, um, this coming year. Last year was also an incredibly tough time for many people across the world and WCF helped many during the pandemic so Mark tell us a little bit more about the Covid Relief Fund and some of our humanitarian projects we helped with.
2: WCF has been involved in supporting touch to teach mission hubs around the world for running on two decades now. Uh, South Africa, India, uh, several in Southeast Asia. And we have an annual budget devoted to helping those mission hubs, both in touch and humanitarian assistance, as well as TEACH. So both sides of the Touch to Teach are are part of our global efforts. When the pandemic hit, we very quickly realized that people in countries like Vietnam, in Cambodia, in the Philippines, in India, in South Africa, they're on a much more fragile financial footing even in the best of times. And when the lockdown started happening, we became aware of some fairly significant humanitarian needs in many different countries and affecting literally hundreds of families of Christadelphians. So we took steps early on in the pandemic to shift much of what we had budgeted for our Touch to Teach efforts in 2020 to shift that, that funding to humanitarian assistance and essentially making it all touch. So there were literally hundreds of families that we helped support financially. In many cases, this literally was providing, putting food on their tables. Many of them have homes where both husband and wife work, and in many cases, both lost their jobs. So we are very thankful that we had the resources, by God's good grace, to be in a position to help the community in that way. We also had donors step forward because of the effects of COVID. Many of these did this through donations with the online Bible school, and we were also able to provide assistance to families in North America who were facing both medical costs as well as economic hardship. So, all in all, this was a really good year for us to be reminded that the abundance of resources that we receive are there to help our brothers and sisters when they're in need. And I am extremely grateful for the spirit and for the hard work that our partners in around the rest of the world, many of these work long hours with no one else watching, and we should never stop praying for those who are showing the hand and the heart of Christ, often under the most dire and difficult circumstances, oftentimes at risk to their own health. We should, we should never stop praying for them. And we are grateful that we were able to be part of a, of a fairly significant assistance to those in need in 2020.
1: And of course, those needs still continue this year and beyond.
2: They do continue, and we anticipate that probably for at least the next six months, we'll be making the same shift in our programs to more touch and more humanitarian assistance, simply because the need is great, and this is a time when we all get back to basics.
1: Yeah, so to our listeners, if you are interested in donating, please just go to our website, wcfoundation.org forward slash donate. And on that page, you can set up a regular payment or just a one-off donation. And there's also information if you'd like to send a check as well. Thank you. Let's talk about 2021. So we're now in January. Uh, We've started in the year. What is the vision for WCF in 2021, Mark?
2: Well, we're we're still very much focused on our, our North Star of cultivating faith together and we're deep in the process of completing our strategic plan for 2021. And I I would share with the listeners just a few words from that conversation. And the few words are actually five. The five words are teach, grow, encourage, connect, and serve. As we've had our conversations about what we can do to help faith grow the most in 2021. These five words just kept coming up over and over again as we thought about what does WCF do best in the spiritual landscape and where can we make the biggest difference in helping faith to grow. Just a few comments about each of them. The word teach, through our faith talks, Through the, the great content that's been developed for Faith Launch, I think we're discovering that there's a need and an opportunity for WCF to help teach the faith fundamentals from Scripture. We often use the analogy of a tree. Faith is like a tree that grows, but it has deep roots, and those roots are what's rooted in Scripture. So teach is something that we think is part of our ongoing set of activities, but in particular teaching faith fundamentals. What is it we should know about our God and his son that really helps our faith to grow over the course of a lifetime? Growing is also a key word. The word grows is important to us and we want to provide the tools that people need to grow their faith things like prayer, things like scripture, things like the network of believers that help us on our faith journey. We want to create all of those tools in a way that they can be used by others, especially in a time of spiritual isolation. Encourage is, we think, another really important aspect of growing faith. And here, I think the word inspire also enters in. And as we look back at 2020, the virtual choir, the calls to create, the hymns for Sunday, all of these really provided a lift to our hearts and souls. And I think that will remain an important focal point as we go forward in 2021 and beyond. How do we encourage one another and all the more as we see the day approaching? We think that's something that should, should definitely not be overlooked. The word connect, we've talked a lot about that this evening, but I think that word connect really has just sort of taken on a bigger and richer meaning for us in the pandemic, and I hope that doesn't get lost. I think how we connect one another, how we imagine making faith connections that perhaps go beyond what we've traditionally and usually thought of, I think that's a good thing, and it's something we should continue to explore and develop. So for us in particular in 2021, online Bible school probably remains on our drawing board simply because I think it's pretty uncertain whether we're going to see all of the Bible schools in their usual state. And we actually had a lot of people say to us, you know, this is the first Bible school I've been able to go to in years because I wasn't able to get out or I couldn't afford it. So how we connect people through online Bible school and perhaps through other kinds of digital connections. That'll be continuing to be a focus as we go forward. And finally, the word serve. Our thinking at WCF is really at its most foundational level. It's kind of summed up by the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 2. Uh, We are saved by grace through faith. Grace is what God does for us. Faith is what we do for him. But once we fully comprehend his grace, we will want to give back. And one of the things that we want to do at WCF is to help people find even more meaningful ways to serve. There are many, many needs in our community. Some of those are in India. Some of them are in Cambodia. Some of them are in the Philippines. But some of them are in your own community. So we want to help people find new ways to serve. And we want to do that in a collective spirit of giving back for God's grace. And just to put a final note on that word serve, you know, if a tree is fully mature, it's going to bear fruit. And that's what our faith does. It bears the fruit of the Spirit. And we think it's very important for all of us as disciples to approach our faith, especially as it matures, into realizing that we want to give back, we want to bear this fruit of the Spirit, and it's in seeing the needs of others and finding ways to meet those needs that we not only help them, but we bear the full fruit of the faith we've grown.
1: We've noticed last year, like we grew so much because there was a need. We responded to the needs of the community globally in lots of different ways. And that helped us connect with a lot more brothers and sisters and young people who wanted to get involved and wanted to help. So what are the different ways that people can volunteer and and help WCF grow?
2: Well, that's a great question, Helen. And first, let me just say how extremely thankful I am for the Not only the great number of people who volunteer to work with WCF, but also the infectious and inspiring spirit that they bring to this. One of the most gratifying things for those of us who are watching WCF on a daily basis, we are at an all-time high in terms of the number of people volunteering for various WCF initiatives. I'm sure the number is, is well north of 70 now. Uh, And a few years ago, it might have been under 15 or 20. So there's just been a real explosion of interest in the things we do. And let me just say to all of the listeners, there are many ways that you can get involved. You can get involved in our media. If you have a faith story to tell, please share it in a podcast. We are going to be focusing in the coming year on children's stories, stories, faith stories for children. Those of you who, who used to go in and read to your uh, children's class at school, here's an opportunity for you. Musicians, with the we, we've sort of developed a network and a platform for sharing faith music. I think that's just been really awesome. I think there's an opportunity for those who are musically inclined to get involved in a wide variety of products. Once the travel restrictions reduce, We will see an opportunity to put Whitefields workers in service abroad. That pipeline has been fairly limited in the last couple of years. I would really like to see, uh, especially our young people in the 20 to 40 age uh, range, perhaps. Uh, There's terrific opportunities to serve abroad with people who really represent the spirit of Christ when it comes to Touch to Teach. We have a lot of digital material that's now going to need to find a curated home. There may be people who are master organizers who can help us curate some of this material. So in many, many ways, there are a lot of good things that people can do if they choose to volunteer. I would encourage them to get in touch with us through our webpage. And just a final note on that, we are a foundation that absolutely believes that faith is a matter of head, heart, and hands. And the hands and the hearts are really what make a big difference. Yes, we get financial donations, and we are thankful for those. But the heart and the hands that implement all of these initiatives, those are the people who are really making a difference on the front lines. And I cannot express deep enough thanks for all that you, Helen, and all the other members of the team are doing and there's plenty of room for more.
1: Thank you, Mark. And and also, if you're listening, we would love your feedback. If there's something that is missing in our resources, if there's a new initiative that you're passionate about, please get in touch, because we would love to hear about it. Thank you very much, Mark. It's been a pleasure chatting to you.